Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels, a Star Wars Legion podcast, bringing you the latest news, general perspective, and competitive discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm here with Mike and Jay Shalansky. <laughs> what is this guy doing here? <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm just being me. <laughs> so yeah jay is uh well jay tell us about yourself let's let's yeah yeah who are you bio. well i'm a cancer i like long walks <laughs> on the beach and unicorns and the color periwinkle <laughs> you mean you mean cancer like the astrological sign not yeah. the uh not the disease right uh, yeah, that was that it was depends on who you ask it depends on who you ask but yeah <laughs> okay okay uh so yeah zach is uh not with us tonight he is um uh he's gonna take a break from the cast for a bit he's got two young kids and uh he wants to spend more time with them so um yeah, yeah it's uh nothing nefarious or anything uh that is actually the reason so <laughs> 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 um uh yeah so we wish we wish him the best he will still be around the legion community attending events and stuff mm-hmm. um so Anyway. Hey man, when your family calls, you got to answer it, right? Like Absolutely. That's, that's just yeah, what totally. it is. So yeah, we do this for fun. We're talking about little plastic space dudes. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I'm here. So, yeah. So we got Jay. Yep. This is the episode where Nick Fury walks in and is like, hey, get, get your crap together, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let, let me ask you this. Do you feel like at this point, uh, do you guys have enough new audience that I have to actually properly introduce myself? Do you think I that's a think, thing? I think that it probably wouldn't hurt. I think um, it would help. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I am the, I guess, host of the Fifth Trooper podcast, which is the we used to call them sister podcasts but now i'm just doing a beginner's guide to legion podcast so many of you who are listening to this may not have listened to our other cast because you guys are all experts now by listening to these guys i'm sure so uh yeah so i do that i uh i contribute sometimes to the blog when i'm feeling feeling up to it not very often and then you know uh if you've been to our website fifthtrooper.com any of the custom products that we do i do all the art and design for so that's me oh and if you bought anything from us there's there's a solid chance i shipped it as well so. by, by by solid he means 100 percent chance <laughs> yes. just to be yes. clear yeah um, <laughs> jay jay is the fifth trooper that's literally your handle on the discord and it's not super misleading so yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those of you who don't know, I have played competitively in a number of LVOs, two to be is the number. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and then, and then the also the thing is, I come from a pretty uh, competitive area of the world um, as far as the local scene, you know, so we get a lot of a lot of the guys up here are very competitive and and so yeah so that's kind of my pedigree i if you will back in 2019 jay was like hey there's this guy at our local store luke cook he's really good and we're like yeah whatever i, I don't know who that <laughs> so, is he's like i think he's amazing yeah. <laughs> we're like yeah you're full of it and here we are i'm pretty sure i told mike he's the best player i've seen and mike yeah. was like uh-huh sure he is <laughs> <laughs> yeah so my claim I hadn't to fame met him is- yet 
second degree friends that, clearly <laughs> clearly that was before high command and uh yeah the world championships um <laughs> so anyway uh we are going to talk today about we're going to continue rolling through the slots today is a big one because there are actually seven units to talk about in this <laughs> slot it is oh. the rebel commander slot so this one uh, we'll we'll see if this is like we might have to split this one up we'll see how much progress it's possible. we're possible it's very possible. Um, so so before, before we, yeah, go for it. You say it. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna first ask if you had any housekeeping, and then after that, uh, we have some Invader League updates. So I was gonna say, now that Jay is here, Jay could do housekeeping. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I guess I generally send that to you guys, don't I? Yeah, uh, <laughs> because because I think Jay, while while I definitely am involved in just about everything we're doing these days, um, Jay definitely has an idea of exactly what is new this particular week, as opposed to um, what may or may not be happening behind the scenes. So, All right. yeah. Sure, I can handle that. Well, I'm on the Notorious Scoundrels now, just a little (laughs) part. Let's see, what else? If you guys are interested in sidebars, we are legitimately selling out of the limited art ones. So uh, you may want to get in on that now if you've been holding off. So any of the the four faction ones, uh, they're looking to to come in about late May is when they're going to be in my hands and I'll be shipping them out as soon as I get them. So if you want in on those uh four faction sidebars do it now uh let's see what else uh next month we we got some some new products we're going to be launching next month a little spoiler here you guys may get a shot at some new order tokens next month so uh look keep an eye out for that and then as always uh you know if if you wanted to listen to some behind the scenes podcast of mike and i getting super salty about not just legion but everything really in life uh you could come join us on after dark on our patreon so like even if you just did the like two dollars a month you you get the podcast for free over there and and any other updates that we do so yeah so that's what's kind of what's going on with us right now yeah our latest after dark episode is awfully spoilery too so um should uh Check it out if uh, you you have it have it available. Yeah, so I'll tease a little bit. I won't talk exactly because you gotta go listen to it. But uh, I'll say on After Dark, we definitely are a lot more open because you know the, our Patreon members are supporting us and providing us with their hard earned cash. So we give them a little bit of a peek behind the curtains of what we're working on at Fifth Trooper and what's going on. So. So if you're interested in that and you want to support us and and help us, uh, you know, keep going with these podcasts and everything that we're doing, Patreon. Yep, and that supports the pl- the blog and such too. So yeah. All right. Well, let's, Mike. You played the bronze match in Invader League this last weekend against Timbo and his saber tank. You want to talk about that real quick? I did. And I have to open with an apology um, because <laughs> apparently, you know, so, um, sometimes I say things and they just kind of come out of my mouth and like, uh, yeah. So in any case, apparently I called Timbo's list uninspired uh, a podcast or two ago. <laughs> um, no. And I just want to explain what I meant by that. Uh, and 
that I did not mean any ill offense. He brought it up like halfway through our game, and I was like, oh, that kind of sounds mean. Uh, <laughs> and that was definitely not my intention. So, um, I mean, it's definitely like he's doing a unique thing. It was creative. I just, what I meant was I didn't think it had a ton of firepower in it past the tank. And I think that that's sort of tough to to deal with in a lot of matchups. Um, I actually think that sort of played out in our game. Um, but it actually ended up being a lot scarier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, so I was kind of like, you know, I, I get it now. Um, and so I, I was able to win. I think that um, he put his evaporator on top of a building, which allowed me to basically uh take that clankers and know that i was gonna have a target like a hundred percent um and we talked about it after the game and i th I think he had a, he, his his reason for doing it was like pretty reasonable what we were on an awkward map there was only two lanes the tank could physically fit down and it couldn't fit down the middle lane so he was trying to force me to pick a lane so that he could basically shove his saber tank in it and then take standbys so that i like couldn't engage him properly um and that worked he definitely got me in a lane where like he had a bunch of my dudes in the open and stuff um but i was able to take that clanker as a dude off the evaporator um and sort of seal the deal he, he had to get aggressive with the tank and rex popped a fire support shot into the tank that did six damage um which was pretty silly uh so suffice to say, we played Vaps, and I was able to scope a unit, fall back, and he wasn't able to make up the points. Um, so it was a good game. Um, I do think that, like, uh, I don't know, my Invader run this season was, um, I actually have an article I'm going to release about it this week. Uh, it was fun for the most part. Outside that game, I didn't get to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, my article name is a bridge too far. So, Ooh, um, I like that. yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when you go second and then third and back to back Invader League seasons, <clears throat> you kind of it leaves it leaves a feeling. You know, there's there's a little something that's left to be desired there. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> that's still impressive, man. It's a 240 person tournament. I know. I just like you. You kind of want to like seal the deal when you when you get up that high, and to get a to like taste it twice is, <sighs> yeah, yeah. So I feel you. No, you don't. You you won season four. That was like three <laughs> seasons ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel three. you. It's like going to every LVO and losing to Nima. <laughs> that's that's what yeah. it feels like sure did, wait, did, did Nima knock you out both times yeah wow. he sure did. i did not i i did not know that factoid that is uh yeah. <laughs> that's a useful factoid i, I remember this now yeah. small legion world it, it, is. it is yeah um all right well let's say we talk about some rebel commanders all right yeah let's do it so um, I have I have pulled up Legion HQ because I think there is legitimate risk of us actually forgetting some if we're not yeah, at the yeah. list here. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair to say that it, 
at least two of these don't see a lot of play. All right, so let's start with that because uh, I think okay. start with Jin. Yeah, we're talking about Jin and Han, basically, right? Yeah, that that was that was definitely. I almost said three and was going to include Leia, but I'm not sure that's fair. It's not. Um, I actually think at this point, Luke Skywalker, Commander, sees less play than a lot of these other. You you stop with that <laughs> hot take. That's some. That's I'm not some... saying that that should be how it is, but if people are fielding Luke Skywalker these days, mostly it's the green lightsaber version hmm. um, that's that's fair but... anyway let's talk about han and jen first right. so this this is a competitive show uh oh <laughs> <laughs> i think where, where kyle was headed was was more uh we're gonna have to be real with how, how these units perform in a competitive setting as opposed to <laughs> well i'll start so so i'll i can start if you guys don't mind with Han, because i was playing a flyboys list uh this was two point can, adjustments. can you explain what that is for those that yes don't know? yeah so flyboys is han and han and luke and then just a b- bunch of troopers to back them up and uh i'll say back then this was pre two points adjustments ago right um, he was he was good because there just wasn't as much out in the field at the time, and his his command hand was really strong. And then having, you know, you could you you had more opportunity to get into range two for that two red pierce too, right? He was just a much stronger unit back then when there was less that could deal with that, you know. And now that we're seeing things that are just better at shooting stuff. Uh, that have red saves versus white saves. Um, it's just he 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 just doesn't play as much, and the command the command cards just don't seem as great anymore. Well, change of plans is still great. Um, Reckless diversion used to be one of his best cards, but it was a lot better when he was like soaking DLT shots in heavy cover mm-hmm. and rolling maybe like a one save with uncanny luck, you know. Now basically it's just like okay, so you get to he gets, choose which unit dies. Right. You're, <laughs> like he just dies on the first or second activation of the turn, and then your opponent moves on to shooting whatever else they want. Like it's not yeah. you know, it was a great card when you could just kind of throw Han out in the middle of the table in cover and have the, the other the entire army be forced mm-hmm. to shoot him instead of whatever else you wanted to be shot, but now they just eliminate him you know, in a couple shots and then they move on. So um, I think the impact of that card specifically has been watered down a bit. His, um, his, his ranged attack has always been good. It's, mm-hmm. it's less good when you're talking about things that strip hits because the dice pool is so small. So, um, you know, it's always been sort of mediocre against heavy cover, but now you have vigilance and or clone dodge sharing. Um, like you try you're and like, shoot a clone like, ball with Han, it just gets eaten. You're <laughs> you like know? you're like Pierce two sharpshooter one should be great against clones, right? And, yeah, it just gets like, eaten oh, by a shared dodge, dodge tokens. tokens exist. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just you know even once he gets in there, his damage used to be like super reliable and interesting even against red saves. Now it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, I actually I think. Han's one of Han Han's biggest problems is actually a problem that most of the characters that we're going to talk about today have, and I think that that 
is six health locked behind white surgeon defense dice is really not that great for a character at this particular juncture and it's mm. particularly not great when you have to close to range two to do anything super, um, super squish yeah like like cassian sort of can get by because he's like i have a sniper rifle and i'm on the other side of the table and you know i think all the other characters on this list for the most part um you know have some like really good utility things they can do from like far away han doesn't do anything if he's not a range two of the opponent really um so yeah i mean that's sort of uncanny luck is nice but but it it does you know doesn't work against pierce no he gets shredded by arcs he i mean yeah uh i just i i do think that like most his his defense is leaves much to be desired um yeah it does these days that's true i I will say that, uh, sorry about the mess, still an amazing command card for combo shenanigans. You know, if you're looking to to do anything related to like making sure that you last first somebody with some really sick play, um, it's even better now because it sees the initiative, right? Like before you kind of only could um, do the sorry about the mess gimmick with things that like could uplink themselves or could get coordinate orders or whatever but now with a training slot order that you can just kind of jam on just about any hero unit i think sorry about the mess gets a lot better you can kind of like give luke skywalker cunning you know that's pretty good um so there are things you can do with that there are it's just a lot to pay for that one like specific gimmick I mean, I won't pay Krennic's cost for that gimmick. Yeah. So, you know, I and Krennic brings a lot more to the table than Han Solo does. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even at what? What's he at? A hundred now? He's that's, at a yeah, hundred. I mean, that is yeah. still way too much. It's ten more points than Rex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ten. What? Ten more than than Krennic, and twenty more than. The... So in the last two turns of my my latest game with Timbo, I think Rex Rex fired like fifteen red dice, <laughs> like just you know. Um, Rex is good. That's right. not a hot take. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Nor is this particular episode about Rex. But but, but I do, but I do think um, in that vein, I do think another one of the things that w- we'll find about a lot of these heroes is that their dice pools are not large when it comes to attacking things. Um, and I do think that this is, this is not a problem that's restricted to rebel commanders, but I think to commanders with like pistols and stuff in general is that they only roll like three or four dice for the most part. Um, and Han clearly only rolls two. Uh, in a world where Dodge Chogun exist, like, or dodge sharing exists that's a big deal it's also a big deal when you like have to pick up b1s off the table you know and like you need heroes that can like do mass quantities of damage well or Um, or or you need them to be utilitarian in a different way right like hans neither like he's a he's a character that was supposed to get up and in the in the mix but he can't survive it or do pull deal out damage enough to to be in the mix right where he's not like a veers or a leia where he can like hang back and like do other support 
like stuff to to keep your army rolling and and that's his real problem is he was designed to get in the middle of stuff but not designed to survive it well he was when he was when he came out yeah. <laughs> right right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, all right so, so let's is there is there any place that we think that he exists in the meta right now that you should be playing him or should be thinking about playing him I could see like a Han Lando Chewy list where you're using Ace up his sleeve to do some kind of sorry about the mess shenanigan. Um, maybe. Sure. But outside of that, I don't. I don't think so. Well, yeah, I was going to say similar. Right, he he works well in like multi multi hero kind of stuff, but he's too expensive for it to be to even work anymore sure well and if you're looking for like a support a hero support character uh, i think you just take cassie and orlando because they both have better cards for other characters that's fair i think the the one place that i have played han um and i actually wrote an article about it is uh land speeder han um, <laughs> since you can shoot out of it now since you can shoot out of it it's kind of fun um i think han sabine is where you want to be i but it's also like something i haven't tested with lando and it just might be better with lando i i don't know um the fact that you can gunslinger out of it is kind of what makes it work though so but i think lando's got gunslinger on his one pip doesn't he he does although his dice are not as good like his damage is not as good as hans yeah. um, no for sure not um and like sorry about the mess anyway. sorry about the mess kind of allows you to get in with the land speeder and get out with the land speeder without han being shot which is kind of not to mention onboard comms actually makes that whole rigmarole work a heck of a lot better which i believe is in the lat or whatever yeah, it or, is and now um, you can give him that shielding gonk droid too if you yeah. want yeah, like I think I haven't like rejiggered the list since I've seen all those yeah. upgrades and stuff. But I mean, I, there might be something there. I mean, could be. It's fun and gimmicky, if nothing else. Do you think yeah. it, it's gimmicky enough to to surprise people? Oh, it totally is. The first time I played it against Bushman, he was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I drove up my land speeder and just like popped two guys, popped two guys, drove away, and then the next turn, I drove up, popped two guys, and then like threw like explosions out the side, and I just killed like twenty clones and like two drive-bys, <laughs> and he was like, uh, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see that list concept work because it sounds hilarious. Yeah, it's like super fun. It's like super thematic. Like the whole like drive-by land speedering thing I think is amazing. Um, but, you know, uh, I do think it's probably closer to a gimmick. Though maybe the new upgrades make it make it good enough. It's possible. I don't know. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't tried it. I'm excited to see how people use those upgrades with land speeders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... it. The gonk shields only work on the vehicle, right? Not, not. Yeah, yeah. Don't like shield who's inside it. No, that's sort of a shame. Um, In this specific context, but yeah, it's still useful to make the land speeder harder to kill. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, in that list, the land speeders are kind of like missiles that you jump out yeah. of before they explode. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, sure. Yeah, I get you. Uh, all right, let's talk about gin. So, <laughs> very authentic reaction jay i mean it was just 
I remember being so excited about her, right? Because Rogue One had come out and we were like, oh man, she's going to be so good. And I just don't think she was ever good. She has, she still has the same problem she had when she came out, which is just that her dice pool is really small. Yeah. And she's expensive for, you know, relatively minimal. Like it's consistent, I guess. Like you're going to pick up like one dude in turn probably at range yeah. three. But, you know, is that worth paying 100 points for? Like her command cards are. Mm. Command card. Her three pip is one of the best in the game, potentially. But but like, it never gets played because nobody takes Jin, right? Like it's locked behind a character yeah. that doesn't do a ton for you. And her other two command cards are terrible. I think her her two pip is interesting, but it's like, it's it's not very good. Well, that's what I mean. It's <laughs> like there are plenty of two pips that just give out tokens for free, like. Yeah. You know, she actually has to take an action to give tokens to somebody else via her <laughs> Yeah, if it gave like a free dodge or something, it'd probably be much more interesting if it was like my ally plus or something. Right. Um, or even if it was just my ally. Sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Yeah, anyway, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean she's and, and then the the other problem that she I think is that that infiltrate is such a problem with her because people who do end up playing her mistake her for being stronger than she is, right? And you infiltrate and then just get lit up and she just can't survive the infiltration. And I don't know. And Yeah, I mean, I I hear what you're saying there. I do think that like infiltrators are probably the best thing about her, but I I get like- No question. But it's like, it is the worst thing about her if you play her poorly, right? Like, and so I do think that a lot of people get caught in this. And and I think, you know, most infiltrate units have this, you know, uh, issue is that like people think they're bad because they're like, infiltrate is terrible, but infiltrate is terrible only if you use it wrong. Yeah. which let's be honest a lot of people do because they think and i think with with her 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 deal is with danger sense and all that uh we've seen it a hundred times right is that you get this kind of false sense of security like oh she'll be all right and the next thing you know she just gets lit up right because she just doesn't have enough to back up this cool keyword that she has Uh, yeah i think the big my biggest issue is that like danger sense clearly is supposed to be like her thing um and danger sense danger sense actually is bad um as far as like it doesn't like like you don't want to be rolling defense dice if you're playing gin like period which means danger sense shouldn't be on and like if you're relying on danger sense with gin something has already gone really badly um well and I think this falls into a little bit of the same category as Han's defensiveness or lack thereof is, you know, when Jin came out and she's getting shot by like DLTs and heavy cover, yeah. the, the fact that it takes some time to charge up is not as big of a deal because she's not going to die, yeah. you know, in the first couple shots. But now she gets clone fire supported and oh boy you put that suppression on her unit card after she's dead like you know it it doesn't it doesn't help at all against the first or even second shot and by that time like you might just be picking her up off the table so 
yeah, yeah. i mean it's it i do think you know it's just before like you could put a dodge token on her and you can take duck and cover and it would be like you know what okay Jin's kind of you know she's not quite Iden, but you know she she definitely is very resilient with in heavy cover you know um not so much anymore yeah 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 i think she can still be more resilient than some of the rebel characters in the right circumstances but you just kind of do the same thing against her that you always did against her, which is basically ignore her. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I do the case. Th- I think that like she really kind of wants to be in the thick of it. Otherwise, she like mm-hmm. actually isn't doing anything again. Like um, she's really got no good support abilities that aren't command cards. Um, yeah. So yeah, she's not handing out free tokens. She's not stripping suppression off people. You know, she's so. she's got courage three, which is nice, but yeah. so does Luke. Yeah. Yeah. So let's speaking of let's talk about Luke. Yeah, let's let's hit somebody who we can like do something other than like poo poo on because <laughs> I do think though that Luke is like the next Luke commander. Luke is like the next least used commander on this list. <laughs> Not for lack of being good. I'm sorry. Like everybody, everybody remaining on this list is competitively viable. I don't care what anybody tells you. I agree with that. Um, and in fact. Like we kind of we kind of started on a down note with Han and Jin, but I think the Rebel Commander roster is one of the most competitive overall. Um, hmm. Just, uh, I mean, the remaining. I, uh, yeah, it's probably separatists than rebels. I would, uh, I would say. Uh... I think every commander that is available to separatists is playable. Yes, that's fair. I'm just talking about like internal balance aside um rebels have some of the best commanders oh like period sure 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 sure. um so yeah let's start with luke skywalker so for those that have forgotten since you're used to seeing jedi luke he has 160 points um and he's got six black dice not seven and uh six health um and one less force slot and a gear slot instead of a training slot otherwise he's basically very similar Ooh. to you you are like you are, you are skipping over you skipped over, yeah. there it is right. you skipped over the most important keyword on that card all right, all right, all right. it is disengaged <laughs> it is not particularly close right. so it's hard it is hard to talk about luke skywalker commander without comparing the two um because jedi luke is really good mm. And obviously, you can only take one version of Luke. <laughs> but he's also 35 more points, which isn't nothing. Um, and you have to also take a commander in addition to Jedi Luke if you go that route. So what so, like what list type do you see taking uh, Commander Luke in? So Commander Luke... I think is best in lists where you're not like you want a Luke, but you're not planning on taking another commander. So the perfect example of this is like the quote unquote old school, which is not that old because, um, you know, the tournament scene like warfare weekend uh, was won by a commander Luke list with Tauntauns. Um, And the last tournament we had was LVO, which was the tournament after that one, as far as real life tournaments are concerned. So, like in the lifetime of the meta, that's not that long ago. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, Commander Lucas for lists like that one, where he's the commander you're taking, and you still want a lightsaber and force push, basically. Is that a good summary of when you would take Commander Luke? Yeah, I mean, I think just about any other time. Like, if you're going to ever take a Luke plus another commander, like, just take operative. Like, find the points for operative Luke. Like, yeah, you know. Um, but I do think a lot of those, you know, just to take Commander Luke lists could be pretty interesting, especially now potentially with the party bus, the uh, AA5 on the horizon. It's got some really nice support abilities. Um, you can actually fit some really interesting like 10, 11 activation, you know, rebel gun line plus support bus plus commander Luke lists in there that I'm excited to see once that thing comes out. So, Yeah, it's, it's also worth mentioning that like the party bus kind of solves some of the commander Luke problems. Like the plus one health is a kind of a big deal. It is. Um, it, it, it doesn't look like it should be a big deal. It doesn't immediately feel like it should be, be a big deal, but the amount of times you lose your force user, like by one. Yeah. Is high. Lot. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that emergency stems used to be stapled to Luke, right? Right. Exactly. You know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if you can keep him alive because he's in a transport, seems good, right? Um, I definitely think, you know, uh, but but I think you're right. If you're taking multiple commanders and Luke is one of them, just make him operative Luke. If if you can find the points, I think with the with the minor points reduction we saw in the last update to operative Luke, um, like that that five points is makes it a lot more manageable than you'd think. Yeah. Before it was like, oh, this is 40 points. Now it's 35. I mean, like, I also think with the changes to like, uh, they made a lot of stuff in Rebels cheaper. Hmm. And so taking Operative Luke was like before a little bit more of a chore. And now it's kind of like, all right, I've got an extra 20 points or whatever to to blow and upgrade to Operative Luke. So let's do it. so. Yeah. So would you say then, so Luke being number three going up the ladder, is it because it's very specific situationally where we're placing him? Like, I mean, it's not, I, I can't think of many lists where you would put in a commander Luke over an operative Luke right now, besides what you, the one you just named. I think he's higher up the list than that, but. Yeah. I'm just going in terms of popularity, not in terms of competitive viability. If that makes sense. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's so let's say you're taking Commander Luke because you're running one of those sorts of lists. Force push mandatory for that first force slot, 100% of the time. I if, think so. If the character you have has the word lightsaber printed in its melee profile, force push is mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to be very clear with that <laughs> like like there are uh, there I like are, how you worded that to exclude Palpatine by the way yeah, yes I know uh, there are a ton of things in Legion that are not completely solved that is that is one of them I think is that like if you have a lightsaber you take force push like that is like an objectively correct thing to do. I think at this, this point, yeah. I, I feel confident saying that it's not close. Hmm. Um, 
So yes, yes. Yeah. Take force push. I think that might be like the least controversial statement you can make in Legion. We're <laughs> close to it. I was gonna say so. Can we compare it to Arc Troopers are busted? Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. Let's continue. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So take force push in that first slot. If you're not taking force push, don't even take Luke. Um, Luke yeah. costs 170 points, basically, at least. Yeah. It, definitely agree with that. So what about so so this is a more interesting discussion. What about that second force slot? What are you putting in that one? I gotta I gotta look at what force upgrades exist nowadays because there's so many of <laughs> them. So I think any of the ones that like require them to that like you need to be using like every turn to get enough value out of them for, to be good is like kind of a bad option for Luke because he doesn't have master of the force. What I mean by that is like barrier and reflexes like and guidance um, guidance is pretty bad generally, but barrier and reflexes like you kind of want to be using them every turn if you're going to take them at all. And because Luke doesn't have Master of the Forest, that's kind of not in the cards. So you really only get like one or two uses out of them. Don't get me wrong, like the Commander Luke recover action is definitely like in the playbook, but you don't want to be recovering every turn with Luke to like be burying your army, you know. Um, so to me, I think it's probably uh, Jedi Mind Trick still. Um, I think, uh, you know, I could see a case for like taking hope because mind trick isn't as good as it used to be because i believe it's it's uh you can't you can't hit characters, characters anymore yeah. so um and suppression generally is just not as good as it used to be it's worth noting that mind trick can um enable serve your master well so if you're playing if you're playing serve your master well mind trick better be in your like better be attached mm -hmm. to him is so how i feel about that I disagree with one thing you said there. Okay. I think suppression in single doses is not as good as it used to be. Two suppression at a time is arguably better in relative terms than it used to be. Because when you're talking about courage, two units, one suppression does nothing. Two suppression potentially takes away an action. Um, I'm, I'm with you there. And I think you the vast majority of the time you still take mind trick. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you take nothing. Oof, that's a hot take. I think you take force push and nothing else. So I actually agree with you, Jay. Ooh. Oh, um, not so hot take now. No, I was I was actually building commander list Luke commander Luke lists over the weekend just for fun, and uh, I often found myself just leaving that second force slot blank. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I, I do think that like if you have five points, you should probably take mind trick. Sure. Um, but if you don't, it's not, you know, it's it's rare that you leave a four slot blank. Palpatine is probably the only other character that ever does it. Um but like you said, you know, he doesn't have master of the force. Most yeah. force powers are exhaustible. Yeah. Yep. I feel and, like it, it bogs down the character. Cause you're like, okay, I got force push and I, you know, and you want to use that second one, but then maybe you use it too early or not in the right spot. And now you're stuck with it 
exhausted, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think Mind Trick is still fine if you potentially use it once, especially if you're running Serve, which you probably are, unless you're running him with R2, then you're probably running Blast off there instead. But um, yeah, like, I, I wouldn't feel terrible about leaving that slot blank. Yeah. You know, Saber Throw doesn't do much for him because he already has a range profile that's decent yeah. with his pistol. Um, Hope is, eh. uh, and Batman is also kind of eh, because you want to give the order to Luke most of the time anyway. So, um, yeah, those are like the quote unquote passive force powers that don't exhaust, and none of them are particularly great on Luke either. So, yeah, I mean, Hope should just cause zero. Yeah. Or, I, th- yeah. I think that would be totally fine. Like, oh, you have an empty force slot here. Gain inspire one. Right. Like, yeah. and frankly, like, like, shouldn't Jedi be inspiring? You know, yeah. isn't that the whole point? Right. Like, like I if, think hope, hope, and fear both should just be. If you have an empty force slot, like, yeah, just fill it. Get this. Free. Get this thing for free. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. So yeah, I think I'm with you, Jay. I think it's. What? I think it's I think it's mind trick if you got the points, but if you don't, don't feel too bad about leaving it blank. Yeah. Uh, gear slot. Um. I you know I I like uh environmental gear on him. Same for the same as with Boba, because you got jump, which is nice. But how often do you then run into like another barricade? or something and you're like oh i can't do it again you know so so having unhindered is really nice on units like that and for two points it's not bad i could see it i think i'd probably take recon intel if i'm going to spend two points there Um, yeah but you're right there's like a non-zero quantity of situations where you're like i wish i could jump twice here yeah i also think like there is an argument to be made for ascension cables just because of like the jedi and stuff like luke does tend to take recover actions at some point in the game Mm -hmm. and being able to like ignore difficult terrain twice and like have one you know there's just like a lot it opens up some scenarios that are like really cool and weird but between having jump and scale um you know you can like jump like to the end of a building scale down it and then like move again or you know there's all sorts of cool shenanigans you can do there um i mean those are really the three right like i don't know that there's an argument maybe no i don't think there's do you think argument. stems now that it's back down to i mean it was eight originally then it was 12 mm-hmm. now it's 10 I, th- I think in a world where like one or two wounds is a lot yeah it totally makes sense but like nowadays uh you know you're not the dice pools are just so big it's i think it's often gonna be 10 dead points i felt like that when before when it was eight and people were taking it i thought it was (laughs) a little bit like i get it like i get why they were taking it but like dice pools were like way smaller back then and now they're like 50% 50% to 60% larger, you know. Yeah. And, and even even back then like even like it was annoying, but it didn't seem insurmountable even back then, right? You were like, "Eh, all right." All right, hang on. Didn't we just get done talking about how the difference between Luke Commander 6 health and Jedi Luke 7 health? 100%. I so <laughs> Do you, do we want to get into my hot take that all Jedi are bad? 
No. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right now. We don't abort. Okay. Abort. Great, great. <laughs> I, I think you don't take this either, but I think the reason is different than what you're describing. Sure, sure. Um, I think the zombie turn of a Jedi has kind of decreased in value in relative terms. Um, like it used to be... You know, like if you go back to like the Wonder Twins days or the Veers Boba days, right? Where your your centerpiece is is Boba or Luke. Um, it wasn't uncommon for them to die, and for you to like still win the game because yeah. you know the rest of your army could do stuff. Well, and they um, often made up their points, right? Like you're like that's oh, what I mean. I dove with Luke and killed four units. Right, right. him dying <laughs> is not a big deal. Right. That doesn't really happen anymore. Like if if yeah. if Luke dies, you've probably just lost. You know, getting like an extra turn for Luke to take a swing at things is not gonna turn a loss into a win. In yep. in my experience, Are, you said we were not gonna hit this button, but you're really talking about the button that I Am I, I was trying not to hit. <laughs> well, Keep going think, though. I, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I'm going to push what? this button a little, little more. Do, we can, Kyle, we can do you table think, some of these commanders for next week. That's fine. Do you think that that is because before, I think it's a combination of both of what you guys are talking about, because before you could get closer because you weren't getting shot as much with as many, as big a dice pool. So the output of damage was higher where now you're not, the likelihood of you getting as close as you used to be able to with Luke to cause all that damage seems less likely because of the, the dice pools. Uh, I think it just has more to do with how like force user lists are constructed these days and that it's, it's more sort of like they're, they're putting more of the game on their back than they used to. Um, I don't know. I it, it's kind of hard to describe why I have this feeling because I have I, been playing Force users pretty religiously and consistently since the game came out. Yeah, but it's just it's something I've noticed. I I think that I mean I I played Maul in Invader League. I think they're still great, but I also don't think that like, you know, oh I get to do one more thing with this Force user. Um, like I I strive for my Force users not to die. Hmm. Period. Well, if they die, yeah. you, you lose the game nowadays. That's like, what I mean. But, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but I think to your point, like, um, a force users are not units that can carry the game anymore. Yeah. Not really, right? They like they can't make up their points. Like, don't get me wrong. There are situations where a force user can get you out of the game and like carry it that other units can't right because and that's because force push is an amazing ability however you're like the situation of i get in there and kill like four units like doesn't happen unless you're playing against somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and i i think the, the biggest thing i think that is there's crippled force users and to some extent commander luke is that like people know how to deal with them now before before it was like oh they've got a force user he's behind a wall i guess i'm screwed and and like nowadays i think people are much more they're measuring more they know what the engagement ranges are like pretty you know um religiously and it's just it's a lot harder 
to to dive with a force user piece and like get it to stick without having them die which means you're only trading for like one maybe two units which are often core units and that's generally like i don't know depending on the faction between 120 and like 180 ish points which like maybe you traded like maybe you traded and that's like the that's like the the ceiling for what you did with this force user damage wise mm. and the floor is i did nothing and when you're when you're when you're spending 200 points on a piece in your army like it better be able to put it, the game on its back every game is you know um yeah i mean because there's similarly i'm gonna go back to the thing i know best which is heavies right and they're similarly priced but i know i could put an atst in the middle of the field and it, it'll probably be barring a clone fire support it'll probably be all right you know but if i put luke in the middle of the field uh yeah no luke's gone i hear you same price that's a little ish I feel like that's a little bit of a binary way to look at force users. It's just based purely on you know how much stuff they murder. Um, it's definitely more complicated than that, but I do think that that is why their value has decreased. Experience over... is definitely a factor. Yeah, I just like before when when Legion was in its infancy, you could pretty much rely on like eighty percent of your opponents slipping up and basically allowing you to get into a situation where it was impossible to kill your force user and they were cutting up the enemy army and those situations don't happen anymore so there are a lot less free wins on the table because you took a unit with force push and have a lightsaber and and i you know they're they're really cool interesting tools um but the rest of your army kind of has to make up the firepower difference nowadays as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, and I also think, uh, I don't want to turn this from a force user gripe into a silhouette gripe. Um, <laughs> but uh, you used to be able to take more forward positions and zone more safely. And now like silhouettes are so flankable. Oh, um, yeah. If if you get your force user up behind a wall that's in a remotely aggressive position, your opponent just goes around the side and nips the sliver of that corner <laughs> and shoots him. Um, you know, it, it, you used to be able to zone much more aggressively with force users than you can now, and I think that has everything to do with silhouettes. Silhouettes are definitely a huge part of it. You know, I. Um, I definitely think that a lot of the players that like hated the fact that Luke's lightsaber stuck straight up in the air would rather uh, have that be the case than uh, have silhouettes I mean, beyond yeah. because because at least like that only comes up in like certain situations whereas silhouette the silhouette problem is like it's just always on. Um, well, and to get like super nuanced here for a second, the lightsaber is a vertical thing. Whereas the silhouette is like a sideways thing. Yeah, totally. So, you know, you can hide the lightsaber behind a terrain piece that's tall enough, which for most line of sight blockers is a significant portion. Hmm. But the silhouette introduces shootable area on basically every terrain piece because it decreases, you know, the they call it slicing the pie for yeah. uh, but it decreases the the angle at which you need to slice the pie, right? 
Um, yeah, no, it's it, it it's a lot harder, you know. Um, do you think that will translate the same to in real life games? So I admittedly have not used silhouettes in real life games yet. Kyle, how well, could you, dude? We have he hasn't left his house in here. I'm just kidding. Uh, I have just not to play Legion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found um, um, you know, so we've played a couple in real life games, and we've had the silhouettes, but I found majority of the time we didn't really need them because it's like, yep, I can see them. You know what I mean? And I think we used them like once or twice. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's gonna, add, you know, silhouettes are gonna be a mess of a thing that I think we have to work through as real life legion because like they weren't really used yet in real life. They kind oh. of like happened as the pandemic hit. Yep. Um, I think people are going to learn very quickly as soon as like the first couple times your opponent's gonna be like, "Can you put the silhouette down, please?" <laughs> and like they get got you're going to find people i think using them way more often as they get punished for these positions that will look safe but aren't yeah yeah i also think it's a little easier to i mean on on tts you can just hit a button and they toggle right yeah. it's a little bit more work to like put the physical silhouette down there and therefore i think you just you know maybe people aren't looking for these shots as much as they should be but i can confidently say that they exist because the silhouette significantly increases the area of a trooper mini <laughs> that yeah, they take like, up. So. Like when, when we introduced them in TTS, I used to not turn silhouettes on when I was considering targets at all because I was like, oh, this isn't a big deal. And then like a couple months later, like I sort of started learning like you should just always turn the silhouettes yep, on, on whatever time. you're targeting because honestly the shot is there more often than you think it is with yep. silhouettes um, every single time yeah it's it's like whoa um yeah. and yeah it's gonna be a thing yeah we'll see but atlantic city is gonna be an interesting test of that because i think that'll be the first like reasonably sized event using silhouettes yeah um, so we'll see uh anyway so anyways <laughs> back to our commander discussion um as much as i want to sort of continue because we could go super in depth on luke because he's so darn interesting as much as i want to do like a how do you use luke discussion i feel like we could sort of lump that more broadly into a separate episode that is how do you use a jumping force user mm. um how do you use a non-imperial force user? Yeah, sure. Or yeah, Dooku, yeah. I guess. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think Dooku counts. I know how Dooku's you use a... an imperial force user. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, we almost made it through this episode without any empire assault. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Go ahead. Tell me about the next commander that rebels have. That's yeah, amazing. So I, w- I would like to table the how to... We're not shortchanging the how to use Luke discussion Uh but I think that will make a good podcast topic for okay. a future episode All right. because there are many other units that function like Luke does. So uh, let's hit Lando. Actually, let's hit Leia. Let's hit Leia next because I think okay. Leia has kind of disappeared from the table too recently. Which is crazy. Uh, 
she's so... I don't think it's that crazy. She's definitely like I think she's been out of everything that we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. I think she's been hurt the most by the like power scaling. Like her abilities don't scale super well. Um and like um yeah, I don't know. I mean like she's fine. I don't know if she's worth 90 points anymore. See, I see her the same vein as Veers. Like she's a very good support. She she can't be just like she's not your 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 corner piece of your army. Right? She's something that's there to support your corner piece whether it's Sabine and and uh and um you know Sabine or the Tantons. I think if you have those in your list, she's a, she's a great piece to have with those. I think she's a good support piece. So I think she's always been a good support piece. The problem is mm-hmm. the rebel officer is also a good support piece and mm-hmm. it's half the cost. Um, I know this is funny because there was definitely like when the rebel officer came out, we were like, this guy is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's kind of still terrible, but he's also only 45 points. And like you can give him a uh, what is it? The, the scanner uh, thing. The scanner portable scanner thing for six yeah. points. And like he does most of the stuff Leia does outside command cards. Well, and part of this point. too is one of the great things about Leia. She suffers from the same thing Han and Jin do to some degree, is one of the great things about her used to be, you know, that she had sharpshooter two, pierce, and three dice. And she was really good at killing stuff at range too for a support commander, um, which isn't really a thing anymore. You know, yeah. she... if your support commander is at range two, they're also dead. Unless you're Rex. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I find that I understand what you guys are saying, but she's, she's never struck me as someone that was on the front line. She always seemed like someone that kind of came behind your front lines and and then did the work behind it while using her command cards to push the rest of your army or making holes for your army to to work yeah i think that's still true um and no time for sorrows is still one of the best two pips in the game mm-hmm. but coordinated bombardment is has lost though? a little is it it's a really good card is it but you can also duplicate that effect with smokescreen, basically. Or you could just take aggressive negotiations. Rebels can't take aggressive negotiations, <laughs> Mike. Um. <laughs> just Leia, but better in every way. <laughs> Look, she's Leia's mom, all right? Yes, she is. Uh, anyway, you know, her three pip has kind of always been bad. Um. Coordinate bombardment used to be amazing, but now it's just been kind of power corrupt. Mm-hmm. So um, I think if you want to take Leia, you just take the Rebel Officer, basically. Right now. I, I also think the other segment of this discussion, and I think, Jay, to your point, she basically does all the same things that she used to, but just as, like, fine. I, okay. But I think the main issue here might be more centered around the things that she supports are not what they used to be. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've talked about 
rebel core units like you you have to be like to put her in a list where she's worth taking to support your core units like you have to be taking a very particular type of list i think these days and that's like you know rebel troopers with the lts and captains and situational awareness is like if if that's the setup you're taking maybe you want to take her but i think those lists are kind of like they would rather have a hero that could punch stuff um a lot of the time well and you can meet the you can check the vigilance box in those lists just by taking a rebel officer right and that's the other thing orlando you know um I, I also think that like a lot of I, I, the only place that I think Leia like really shines these days is if you still are trying to play Tauntauns. Um, yeah. Like she, she goes in those lists because no time for sorrows is a big portion of why those lists work. Um, mm-hmm. Agree. Which I think more people should still be trying to play Tauntauns, but that's another, dis- that's a discussion for our support slot uh, sure. episode. Um, I, I i hope y'all don't because i still hate them um, no uh, there's yes i do too um there's still a horrible experience to play against <laughs> uh, but doesn't mean they're not still competitive anyway this is not a podcast about tauntauns or the sports slot um <laughs> what so yeah uh i don't know what do you no, think jay like i listen i man i Here's my thought on this. I think we get caught up in what's currently been being played. And you guys even just admitted it yourself that like those lists that were good, right? I mean, there were some changes, but those lists that were good right before we went into the pandemic still have legs. Just no one's been playing them because there's been new hotness. And so I, I still see her very much as I see Veer's very good i don't get veers up as shooting anything if i'm getting veers up to shoot something my list is not doing what it's supposed to be doing he uh, he's shooting things like the very he's the last very last person who should be shooting things in my list and so i i think she's the same way and it you just have to build around her understanding that she's a support piece not a cornerstone well so maybe this is just like I don't think Veers is very good anymore either. I think he's got the same problem Leia does in that like Imperial officer plus electro binoculars is like just way better than Veers ever could be. That's for the cost. Yeah. Completely false. <laughs> I'm not like, actually sure I agree there because I, like, I think you, you could take in two Imperial officers with electro binoculars, but for, but... for, almost the price of Veers plus whatever. Yeah, sure. But here, here's the thing. Both Veers and Leia, their value isn't in electro binoculars or, or, or doing that sort of stuff. Their values in their command cards and how they command the army. That's where their value lies. Veers' command hand is terrible. It isn't for double heavy. It isn't for uh, uh, triple bikes. It isn't for two lats. It's yeah, really but Jay, are those lists really any good? Yes, <laughs> is the answer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not the two lats. <laughs> that one I may be over, oversold, but uh, the other ones... Well, we can have that hot take on the Empire Commander. Uh, but but I, well, I, yeah, I'm sorry. We got off on Commander, but that's... But I think if if you want somebody who's going to be aggressive and in the mix and and knocking off units no you don't want leia she that's not what she does she is a army support so if if you're not going to have her shooting stuff yeah besides no time for sorrows what are you paying the extra 45 points for 
These are all great questions. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it, right? Like take cover two, totally replaceable by the officer. Inspire, replaceable by the officer. Um, like if she's not shooting things and you don't care a ton about her command cards, like what's left? I mean, I, I, I think somebody has to save our skins is better than you guys are giving it credit for here. I'm not saying it's great, but I think it's better. It, no, it's not. It's like no, the worst Rebel 3 pip that well, exists. No time for stars. And then the other thing I like for co- coordinated bombardment is though it's not as potent as it once was, it still has people thinking about how they place. And so it becomes almost like a nuclear deterrent a little bit for how people are placing their units so i so i will say one thing with respect to coordinated bombardment it has always been good against bikes Mm. and it is still good against bikes and now that we have competitive bikes via staps i could see an argument for taking like if you want to specifically counter staps i could see an argument for taking leia so that you can nuke them with coordinated bombardment yeah i mean it's it's better than air support, I think, in that specific it is. situation. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, I think it helps with, with arcs. It's, it doesn't... You increase. at least make them roll saves, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Sure. And put them, put them on the defense right, right, right from the beginning if you did like an alpha strike with it. I, I, that's the type of stuff I'm saying that she brings to the table that kind of is more than just what her card says, those command cards kind of open up your possibilities a little bit more. Yeah. I think the the issue with arc specifically is that um, they're just going to have shared dodge tokens. They're going to deploy them in cover, like where you can't see them. They're going to take some dodge tokens. They're going to move them out of cover. And then like, you're going to coordinate a bombard and like, you're probably, maybe you roll a crit right like it's not yeah. that unlikely but most of the time you're going to be able to just dodge away sure whatever is coming through. but do you think there's a value in forcing them to deploy behind cover where if you didn't have leia and you had something else that wasn't going to get to them as quickly that they wouldn't be they'd be a little bit more brazen in the way they deploy uh, not with most, arcs most of the just, time no because they can just move and get the same shot with a name token so yeah, yeah. i i just like I start all my games like that nowadays now that like yeah. it's just a good habit to be in because with air support and what's the orbital uh, strike orbital orbital bombardment now that everybody's got like a range infinite nuke I just think if you've got strike teams at the beginning of the game they should be behind line of sight blockers like yeah, yeah. and uh, I don't know all right. All right. I could see like taking it again if you're specifically looking to counter stabs taking her in conjunction with Cassian and doing like a back-to-back, you know, crack shot sniper rifle coordinated bombardment situation. You can put some pressure on strike teams too that way. Um, You know, and Cassian's crack shot has the additional bonus of having high velocity if you're using with a sniper rifle. So you can't do the dodge mitigation thing. Um, But yeah, I could see that. But for, for the most part, there's just too much overlap with her role with the half price rebel officer that mm. especially when you when you're talking about the fact that having multiple copies of vigilance is important and relevant for most lists that you want to be taking a support commander in um 
you know, like, I guess you could take like Leia and Lando, but that's pretty expensive. Or you could just take two rebel officers and do almost the same thing, you know? Hmm. So why don't we talk about the rebel officer real quick since we're basically doing it. Um, Is this your vigilance bot basically? Yeah. I mean, I think you, I mean, depending on, and I mean that in like the most positive way possible because yes, I think they're yeah, awesome yeah. vigilance bots. Um, I think, I think all the generics right now are super competitively viable. You know, as much as like the clones and the separatist ones get flack uh, for being too good, I think these are also like they're pretty affordable and they do a lot of similar things. Um, I think that you should probably take a portable scanner on this bad boy too. If you're if you're doing the vigilance situational awareness core spam thing, you're gonna want to be able to hand out two dodge tokens at a time, anyways. So I think paying bumping them up to fifty six points as opposed to fifty, I think is fine. I think the scanner is good if you have the points. In my experience, having run the double vigilance list, it's kind of overkill, just because you know the rebel troopers have nimble and you're carrying over. With two copies of Vigilance, you're carrying over four dodges anyway. Um, sure. I guess it only matters on the initial setup. Right. Which is still, like, if you're going to be in the mix immediately, then that's potentially useful. But usually you have a chance to, like, either hand out, you know, a couple dodges with their normal take cover value and or just, you know, move and take a dodge with the Rebel Troopers themselves. Usually you have time to do that, um, in my experience. So... Yeah, it's it's good if you have an extra six points, but I rarely find that I have that. Um, so I often end up just taking these guys as you know, forty five points plus vigilance equals fifty points, and call it a day. Hmm. But they're amazing in those in those captain situational awareness DLT slash Z six rebel trooper lists, or for any list with Jedi Luke in it. So do you feel like um, with those, could you take like only generic commanders and no operatives and try to rely on them to drive the the army? Or do you need something else in there as well? I think you absolutely could. I think if you do that, you're, you're running something like a double T-47 list. Yep, that was what immediately popped in my head too. Um like you definitely don't want to just take a couple rebel officers and a bunch of rebel troopers and stuff like that's you're gonna need rebel lists the rebel roster has a lot of good like focus slash anchor units in it you're gonna want to take one of those and in the context of if you're just taking a rebel officer or two and know their characters then that's going to be t-47s probably yeah it's also worth noting that like i think the hit one of the hidden costs to that is that like the rebel generic command cards are pretty bad um like <laughs> they're really bad <laughs> like the the new the new clone wars era faction generics are like whoa uh in comparison i mean like the the rebel three pip is like i would say the most playable in like a vacuum the rebel one pip is probably the strongest but the amount of times it comes up and being able to hit with it is you know um and the rebel two pip is like all right 
don't know. Yeah, it's fine. But it's but okay. they don't do anything special, and it's really hard, I feel like, to put all three of them in the same list. Yeah. I mean, even in that T-47 list we described, you're definitely taking R2. Right. Yeah. Who, who is another character. I, I foresee basically no situation where you're taking just a rebel officer and not at least taking R2. Yeah, I think I think you're taking some sort of named hero. So yeah. just to understand this right, you would take the rebel officer because they do the same thing as Leia, but you need to take another character because you need more command cards. But you guys didn't like Leia for her command cards. Well, just, just Leia is twice straight. as expensive, just to be clear. Well, and, and also, you're not taking those characters just for their command cards. Like you're not taking R2 right, right, first R, command right, cards. right. I understand. It just, it just <laughs> seems interesting. That's it's, all. it's also worth noting you can take the officer and R2 for Leia's price. Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, I, I get it. Just want to just want to double check. Yeah. No. No. I mean. <laughs> no, that's good, Jay. We gotta. You gotta keep us honest. That's right. You know. Um, Otherwise, Mike and I'll just be echo chambering back and forth <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, any more thoughts on the Rebel officer? No. no. Way better than it was a year and a half ago, or whenever yep. it released. For like sure. I, you know, definitely. Think, yeah, and I think back to your point, Mike. Like across the board, uh, they uh, for for Empire, <laughs> those generic commanders got so, so they just got so much better. Yeah, I think the game is just like the weight of cheap activations has just increased over the game's lifetime, whether yeah. for a variety of reasons. Um, and having cheap activations that you can just kind of like hide behind a line of sight blocker and do something relevant with um, is okay. Like you don't, not every piece in your army has to be shooting the enemy, um, but the ones that aren't like should be cheap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know yep. um so right. Cassie. yeah so let us real quick because we've been going at this for a while so the last two commanders are cassian and lando mm -hmm. who, who besides the rebel generic i think are probably the two best rebel commanders cassian is definitely the rebel commander that i believe sees the most play outside of the generic probably right now Yes. I, I think Lando is people are flirting with with Lando. I'm not sure like where the community as a whole has landed on this. Um, he definitely did worse in Invader League than I expected him to, but there wasn't that many people playing him. Yeah, there was like two, I think. Yeah. Do you think it's because of the complexity? Oh, he's super complicated. I also yeah. I'm not convinced like like Anakin's flaw is debilitating. Mm -hmm. I'm not like I think Callus's flaw is play aroundable. Lando's flaw, I'm like genuinely unsure on if it's a competitive problem or not. Um, and I don't think I, we've got enough data to really yeah. come to a good conclusion on that. Yeah, I almost want to table Lando. I, you know, I mean, I think we should talk about him, but yeah, but I, I just like, I think reserve, like, <laughs> uh, you know, 
I think anything we say on Lando right now is sort of inconclusive. Um, it's he hasn't quite landed in a good spot as far as knowing where he fits in the rubble meta at the moment. Well, again, yeah, I think it's just because you like look at him and he's got so much going on. You're just like, okay, I, I got to wrap my head around this. <laughs> like, how is he going to fit in with the rest of what I'm trying to run here? Yeah. Well, and I, honestly, I sort of think like he's got like a bit of the Leia problem in that, like, you kind of like want to be running him in like your op Luke lists. But like a lot of the times when you're running off Luke, you just want to take a generic because he's so much cheaper and like is is contingencies three and Lando's command cards worth the extra sixty plus points you have to pay for that activation? Eh. Well, hang on. It's not just. First of all, contingencies is a great ability. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. I. I but is it worth like? 60 points know. yeah i don't know i think you know? it i think it might be um first of all his command cards are great especially ace up his sleeve they are um, the the standby is that the standby one that's the standby one yeah that, it's his command cards are fantastic no doubt about it i just loose command cards are too <laughs> oh totally but now you can take all of them like luke has six lando has three you can take all nine of them I, I recognize that you cannot play all nine of them in a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I think I think so. For me, I think this is one of the reasons we haven't seen as much callous as well. I I think, and I think contingency. So there is you're going to play six command cards over the course of the game. Often, particularly in competitive games, a couple times you're playing standing orders once or twice, generally. So you're only playing like four, five command cards in a given game. All contingencies do is doing is expanding your options as opposed to like allowing you to play more effects. So you're not actually like gaining like value. Like you're you're gaining options, but you're not gaining power. And and I think that that's an important distinction you 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 can sort of gain power by being able to choose a better option but i i don't i don't think that comes up nearly as often as we'd like to think it does wasn't that you used to say i i always took this to heart mike i think you said it on this podcast or to me on my podcast i don't i'm pretty sure it was on a podcast you said this but you shouldn't be choosing the command card for the flavor text of what it does you should be choosing it for the pip that you need to play for that turn right and i think that kind of falls into that what you're trying to say here where it's like okay i can have three more but i'm i'm still gonna play a two pip on this turn to some extent yeah i think that like I remember when I used to say that <laughs> command cards have gotten way better. <laughs> but I, I, but, but I, yeah, yeah, but I think yeah. that's still a base of how you should operate when you're playing. And I think that's why contingencies doesn't seem as good. Cause you're like, well, I still need to play a two here. Right. And, and I think that's where I'm talking about. Like you, you, you only get six command, six command card plays and like, are you increasing your options? Yeah. But like how how much is that actually increasing your power level? Like is having Lando's two pip 
in in the average game available over both of Luke's two pips, like how much is that worth? There's some games that's going to be incredible, but I feel like the average amount of games that having that option available to you, it's it's like a lot, it's a lot less than incredible, <laughs> um, and and I don't know how much is worth. Um, it's a, I mean, so it depends because I think it's great in with situational command cards and rebels happen to have one of the best situational command cards in the game, which is totally Jedi. Um, They've got a couple. The other notable one is the rebel generic one pip, I think. Um, Yes. Sabcoms. Yep. Because it shuts Um, down clankers pretty hard. It uh, does. Well, and especially tactical strike. strike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, blast off is a good situational card. Totally. If you're running rebels, you're probably running R2 um so you know i i think specifically for i think the empire conversation is a little different because they don't have as many like sort of situational home run command cards as rebels do um but i think the value of contingencies in rebels is potentially pretty high i Um, i think it is too that's the only reason i haven't written lando off yeah honestly but uh, well, while we're talking about, you know, is this worth 60 more points than the generic? We also have to mention that he does have covert ops, which means that he can infiltrate, which is potentially great. He also has sharpshooter two and a range three gun with Pierce. So, you know, we just got done poo-pooing small dice pools <laughs> um, on other heroes. But, you know, those were mostly range two dice pools. And also, you know, Han and Jin both have Sharpshooter 1 instead of Sharpshooter 2. So, Undoubtedly yeah. more play than your average Rebel hero. Right, like he's going sure. to pick up a model a turn very reliably. Um, which, is, which at range 3 for a character with good command cards is fine. Uh, yeah, I just feel like... Unless it's a B1. And then you don't care, but you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you're but talking like, about like picking up a phase two a turn, like that's good. I, is the sacrifice though at 105 worth worth him though? Like that's 105 just base. That's 105 points out of your. You want him and you want him and operative Luke. You're already at 300 points, and you haven't added anything onto him. I mean, maybe it's not. I in that particular pairing. The standby token is potentially game changing. Oh, it one hundred percent is. Like, um, I I think that that card in that combination is like probably Lando's best place in the meta. I think. Um, I could be very proved wrong, uh, but I it seems seems hard to beat that effect. Um, with that being said, um, this might be just a problem with like Operative Vader. Like that effect kind of already is a thing and people don't play it. So, yeah, but a standby token on Operative Vader is very different than a standby token on Jedi Luke. Standby tokens are still very difficult to time. Well, you, just, you only take it once you're in melee and then yeah. they can't strip it. Right. Um, I mean, it's not that different. I guess not that different. I don't know. Disengage is a is a big deal, no doubt. But like, I don't know. I yeah. I I think I think the jury's out on Lando. 
Um, I think I think you totally can try and play him competitively viable like, in a competitive setting, and I, I think like go go crazy, go nutso. Um, I th- the, I think the more more he gets tested in yep. a competitive setting, the better. Um, I just I don't know what to think of him. He's got a lot of similarities to Rebel Heroes that are not so great, and he's got a lot of things that maybe push him into a place where he's totally good. What I don't think he's good at is any sort of list where it's like just him or yeah. with yeah. you know you know like you you've got to yeah. no definitely. if you're not utilizing right. contingencies like you're there's no reason to have lando in your list I totally agree um and that kind of goes back to like is contingencies worth it for 50 points i don't know like <laughs> but like in some situations it could be and you know but like you know, if you've got like a Lando Han Leia list, like the power level of your command cards are like really low. So contingencies probably isn't great. But like if you're, it's like Lando, Sabine, Luke, like, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm going to go so far as to say even in a two character list, you know, because then you're, you're throwing like generics in your contingencies pile or something. And then, you know, are you really yeah. getting value out of it? Right. I think he should probably be like the third character in a three character list or with Luke, who's got a billion command cards. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And even then you're probably still taking R2. Probably. I I do think that like if more characters get like the Luke Vader treatment, Lando's stock could go way up potentially, Um, but we haven't seen that again. So yeah. Also what other faction can competitively say, I think he should be the third character in a three character list. And be talking about <laughs> lists that are competitive. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe <laughs> Republic. I mean, like Rex Padme R two. I don't. No, probably not. I'm making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're good. I'm, I I'm think trying to find an Isasaka crazy now. I just think yeah, that's kind yeah. of cool because there are yeah. legitimately quite a few competitive three, if not four, character rebel yeah, lists for sure. Um. Anyway, speaking of multi-character rebel lists, let's talk about Cassian Andor. All right. Um, it's K2 at auto with him. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I so um I'll open with the hot take uh best rebel commander by a mile. I don't think it's particularly close. With with the possible exception of Lando. Uh, I disagree because we, I think the rebel uh, generic officer is <laughs> okay. Sorry, the best <laughs> rebel named commander okay. by a mile. Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, All right, let that, me clarify <laughs> that I think I can get behind. Okay, um, you know, he's cheap, he is efficient, he's flexible. Uh, his command cards are all awesome. He allows you to take another cheap, efficient unit in K2 that is super powerful, has a lot of different flexible play options and weird standby um, interactions due to what is it, incognito on K2? Um, yep. You know, he's got infiltrate. Like Cassian, man, has it all, I feel like. Um, well, there's one very important thing that he doesn't have. 
uh, curse tree. Is that where we're headed? A command slot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. I mean, I'm willing to give up vigilance for Cassian Andor. Okay, that's I, that's fair. I'm just saying, like, if you're doing a vigilance build, that's something you got to consider. It is. I mean, I... could Jin? I mean, I know we said Jin was bad, but does she play well into that with the with vigilance? No, I just take Lando or a generic, off, take yeah. an officer. Yeah. yeah, I, um, you know, I just Cassian. Cassian works well from afar. He can, and in a pinch, you can get him in there close up. And his gun isn't bad. Um, his pistol's got what? What's the keyword on it? Is a uh, long shot long shot so like he can bump it to range three and and red red black at range three with is like it's good uh, it's with a marksman yeah and you've got tactical like and pierce one yeah it's (laughs) uh i mean like cassian to me is a well-costed, super awesome here. I can't say enough good things about Cassian. He's still like, if he gets caught, he will die. But at least, like, he can do things. Well, and frankly, like, his his weapons, his weapon attacks are basically what other rebel characters should just have. Yeah, right? I, I'll agree with that, 100%. Um, How much like, value does Loadout even have with him? Yeah. yeah um i mean like so let's think you, about i was like looking at i'm like i don't know what, what would you i think you I, just you want offensive bush most of the time anyway yeah so i think right now it doesn't have a super huge value i think in four years it, it that conversation could change dramatically um, but I think like we're still sort of in the game's infancy where like because you're saying there there's gonna be a ton of extra upgrades. We're gonna have like 60 training slots, training upgrades in <laughs> yeah. four years, right? Like yeah, yeah. I mean maybe not, but like I you know, they tend to want to print new upgrades and new packs. Yeah. So like I don't know. I just loadout is one of those abilities that just kind of like as options increase, this ability will get better. Right. It's similar to contingencies in that way um but yeah i i think you can kind of ignore loadout on this card most of the time yeah um i mean it's basically like potentially free benefit you know yeah you, you throw like offensive push in there with duck and cover or overwatch and maybe like one in ten games it's better to choose one of those over the other and you know i don't know yeah i think it the other thing with like training slots and some gear slots, like it's hard sometimes to envision what you're going to need. Right. Until the game starts developing, you know, yeah, you're um, like, Oh, it would have been nice to have that. <laughs> yeah. And then you yeah. like regret your decision. Yeah. And then next time that you should use it, you don't, I don't know. There's it's a whole thing. Um, but right now I don't, I think most of the effects in those slots are pretty samey or not super like impactful in a way that you should pay a ton of attention to this. Um, it's certainly not as influential as it is on Aiden, where you right. get to pick which gun she takes at the beginning of the game. Um, well, that's because Cassian just gets both of them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although his guns are not as nearly as different from each other as Aiden's are. That's also fair. Um, 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's one of those like, don't forget about it. You know, like you might as well put something else, you know, in that pairing just in case, but you're still basically filling that, like you're taking his gun in the armament slot every time, basically. Yeah. Um, And then you are probably, you're filling your first training slot with offensive push. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have the points, I could see situational awareness in the second training slot because he tends to get a lot of dodges from calculate odds and from his command cards. That's fair. Um, and it's only two points. I also think like any upgrades that are exhaustible, kind of get a free benefit because he has a recover card. Yep, volunteer um, mission. He can play. Um, also worth noting, he combos well with Luke because he gives operatives and commanders recovers. So, um, you and know. oodles of dodge tokens potentially. And- and oodles of dodge chickens and that's sort of like you know going to like just i don't want to like tread super back to the leia conversation but like cassian gives luke dodge tokens better than leia does (laughs) you know like yeah he does you know um eh. uh (laughs) and and you know he's he he also brings a sniper rifle that can like poke your enemy every turn so you know um jab is a better word than poke sure jab <laughs> jab, jab your enemy it's more like a turn. you know like yeah yeah, yeah. you're kind of jabbing him in the eye every turn yeah. um and and the fact that it's an infinite range gun with pierce and high velocity it it's like one of the very few things in this game where like a clone player sits down across from cassie and andor and they're like eh. <laughs> like so oh, crap. this is this is gonna suck yep. <laughs> you know you're like this guy is picking up at least one clone off the table every turn bare minimum and if Ka- if that's all cassian does is pick up six phase twos he's traded out yeah you know yeah. um and and often he does much more than that he does more yeah yeah because often it's like two at a time right and th- yeah. this is kind of like going back to the whole like you know conversation about making your points back is like there's this hundred what is he with the gun 105 sorry a hundred he's a hundred hundred plus a plus some upgrades he's like 110 you know he he's doing his damage back most games right you know and and he's not even really that combatty of a hero most of the time I think it's also sort of easy to overlook the suppression mitigation effect on two of his three command cards. Yeah, that's very right? fair. Like last stand gives indomitable to your target, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's not uncommon for rebel characters to get kind of loaded up with suppression. So that's a nice little side benefit mm-hmm. to that card. And then of course, the volunteer mission has the free recover for the same thing. So, you know, Sabine in particular tends to kind of get suppressed. Um, so (laughs) you know that's a good pairing for her he's got two cards that clear her suppression and then of course you have danger sense on volunteer mission too which is hilarious on red save units um (laughs) it's it's really good he's just all of his cards are either crack shot or a super synergistic with everything rebels want to be doing um i mean rebels have good characters and he's a character support hero so yeah that is yeah 100 and k2 is also great um we can probably talk about k2 separately on our operative episode but 
um for now like is there any situation where you take him without the gun without Jin's gun i don't think so um hold up let me look at his unit card again <laughs> i don't play rebels that often so so bear with me uh whoa, 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 whoa. let's let everybody just calm down and take a look at this card yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah i think the answer is no <laughs> yeah, yeah i forgot if he had a generic range profile he does not um, so uh yeah no <laughs> um, i go. think i think the gun so k2 to me is interesting specifically because of the standby sharing shenanigans you can pull with him you can kind of put him in like positions that would normally be vulnerable and then take a standby token and like immediately punish anybody that like gets to range one of him um yeah you don't mean sharing you just mean that it's difficult to strip standbys with him because of incognito yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so like yeah. they can't they can't just like blow the standby off him before right. he gets to use it right and he can't take damage while he's got the standby he can just like stand out in an open field with a standby token and be like yo bring it um and I, he might be the the only piece in the game that can do that and like really threaten his zone yeah, I mean, technically you can do it with Sith probe droids, but you don't really yeah, care about their but, attack that much. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. not like you just hmm. shoot them off the table as soon as they're like, hey, we're here. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, know. you don't want to break incognito with them. Yeah, it was. K2 wants to be attacking things at some point. Yeah, yeah. Is it they, It is not incognito on them, not inconspicuous. I, yep. Those words are so similar. And they, they are do super such similar, similar things. <laughs> yeah. It's so silly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. K2 is, there's not another piece like him in Legion, and uh, he's cheap, efficient. His melee attack's pretty good, too. You know, it's it's pretty close to, like, Darth Vader's lightsaber without Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got Calculate, which directly synergizes with Cassian's teamwork. Yeah. Um, Sorry, technically the teamwork is on K2's card, but you get the gist. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Running with Cassian. Because you literally can't do it any other way. (laughs) So here's an interesting question. Um, Because tactically, I get this question a lot. Because there's there's basically two different ways to play Cassian, right? There's like the sniper version, which is fine. And then there's the up-close and personal version, which is also fine. Yep. But if you're playing the, in a particular game, the sniper version of Cassian, how do you like what do you do with k2 because you want him at range two of cassian so you can do teamwork and or calculate odds but at the same time if cassian's like in the backfield picking off dudes you know that's probably not close enough for cat for k2 to do much else like is that a problem or is that fine i prefer being starting the game in a sniper position and being in a place to be able to hot swap into like an objective zone. Yeah. That's, that's how I've seen him most the best played. I think I played a game against Keegan. I don't remember when, but, and that's how he did it. It was like he could hot swap and but then was also like zoning out the objective towards, towards one edge of the board. 
So you don't want, if you do sniper casting, you don't want him so far back that he's not going to be able to make a difference late in the game up close. No, I feel like we've played a couple of games like that and you've regretted it every time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think it's only happened once, but I remember regretting it. Okay, sorry. Um, Maybe yeah. it wasn't a couple. It was definitely that one time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember Cassian being on top of a, lo- a very tall building and you being like, man, I really wish he could get down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. that definitely happened. Um, Can't confirm. So Another reason to take ascension cables on him, by the way. <laughs> yes, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I do think that like um, ascension cables, particularly if you're like going to try and utilize like sniper perches, um definitely a thing you want on cassian um yeah i think though if you're just using them for the sniper you're not getting the full benefit of what cassian's bringing to the table right so you want to maximize your benefit out of your units he's definitely super flexible which is a huge you know reason he's good yeah All all right take away Cassian, good. K2, must have. <laughs> yeah, that's a good summary. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, just for the people who are a little bit slower like me, I just want to make sure they, they're caught up. <laughs> um, I think that rounds out our full commander discussion. Yeah, I think we hit everybody other than field commander shriv who we've decided we're going to talk about when we talk about heavies yep um so yeah i mean so we definitely decided the best and the worst right uh yeah i mean i think (laughs) i'm not i'm not actually sure who the worst is i think it might be like uh there, there's like a bunch down there at the bottom but i definitely I think there's think... only two down at the very bottom for sure sure uh, yeah, yeah. J- jin and jin and han are definitely like drinking beers back at the bar like, <laughs> yeah. why why, why yeah. did nobody pick us on our volleyball team or whatever and like um you know uh, and cassian and mr rebel officer man are like yeah. you know out there on the front lines doing doing the work um and yeah i I felt like based on our conversation that's at that's real accurate and then in the middle lando leia and luke are all they just seem situational to what list you're going to build out and what you're looking to do from a list perspective basically if you have a commander whose name starts with l they'll probably just okay (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Tri- yeah. Triple alliteration there. Lando, Leia, Luke. Yeah. I think Lando's sort of a cut above those other two, but we'll see. I, I think that that's very possible. Um, I do think that like the his his flaw is oh I, I think he might be the hardest character on this list to play because of the the flawed ability. There's no how, question. How bad that can that flaw card can get you. Potentially. Um, yeah. And, and it feels to me really difficult to not just have on by the end of the game. It's like an unavoidable one. Right. You know, like with Anakin's, like if you, if you, if you play super well, at least you have the option of like this card, maybe not being on with calluses. It kind of doesn't matter with Lando's. You kind of have to soak it. Um, 
Yeah. And at some it. point in the game, you're going to have to eat it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, we are the Notorious Scoundrels. I'm Kyle. I'm Mike. And I'm Jay. Stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs> <laughs>